Hello and welcome to How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chris. And Chris, how are you holding up? <coughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> He's sick. I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm not doing it on purpose for a joke, though that was impeccable timing. Uh, Yes, my my illness has not uh, abated. I took two sick days last week, which were much needed. My voice has been better, um, but it's... uh, Oh, I was... The day after we recorded the last episode, my voice was just gone, Mm -hmm. which was a suck thing to deal with. Um, my throat has been all sorts of disgusting and you're probably going to hear some unfortunate noises during the recording of this podcast. So I apologize in advance to our audience. Yay. Aside from that, uh, a nice busy weekend and an insanely busy week ahead of me. I'm looking forward to Lindsay. How are you holding up? (laughs) Um, okay. I'm a little bit run down. Um, I think everybody in the office that I've been working at has been sick. And then we Mm -hmm. had some family company up this weekend, some of whom were sick. And I think it is slowly starting to catch up to me. And I am feeling a little bit foggy brained. Oh, good. Yeah, that's going to be the case. And also, we are recording this a little later than usual. Yes, we are. But we were looking forward to this. Uh, for our episode 69, we thought nice. we would talk about sex and um, how libido is affected by depression. Yes, it is something that is near and dear to both of us. <laughs> yeah. It, it is an important topic that also doesn't get discussed much uh, similar to depression, I feel. Nobody and I really, think, yeah, yeah, the more we've, it's been really kind of an interesting journey for us. If you guys are new to our podcast, um, we've, some of the episodes are, you know, we just kind of talk about how we're doing some episodes, we do a little bit of education and then some episodes we do experiences um, or experiments rather. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned so much about my personal mental health and just depression in general. For example, I didn't know that you could have physical, um, uh, symptoms, I guess, which I know that sounds silly, but like it was always so internal for me. I didn't think about the fact that like, oh man, I am physically like my skin feels sensitive and I feel achy and that's part of depression. I didn't know about that. Yeah, no, that's it. It's not really touched on. I mean, yeah. it's because how many, how many pop culture things can we think of where the person's depressed that they are like, and my back hurts today. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the other thing is with sex and depression, uh, a lot of people, it's portrayed that depression, you know, you're in bed, you're crying a lot, or you're just kind of grouchy. And it doesn't go into um, why partners aren't interested in being intimate or they physically can't. Uh, a lot of it, it has been touched on a little bit more, I think, with actual antidepressants because some antidepressants do affect your libido. Um, yes. Yes. And I think this actually, this topic might be, I mean, it's a struggle for both of us, both males, females, um, Mm -hmm. identifying, but I think men might have a little bit of a harder time with this if they just aren't in the mood and their girlfriends don't understand, you know, it's like, well, guys are always in the mood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So we want to talk a little bit about the science behind it, but I want to first and foremost say we are not professionals. This is mostly mm-hmm. a lot of research we've done online. Um, we're not therapists, and so we could possibly be wrong. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, but hopefully not, because we are passionate about this topic. So um, one of the first things that popped up when we were looking into it was that serotonin and dopamine levels are obviously affected by depression. They are lower and those are the most important things for any kind of pleasure receptors. They are usually the brain chemicals associated most uh, with depression, anxiety, and and the like. And they are the ones that, if you are on certain medications, are the most affected by uh, the alternatings uh, of, you know, the ups and the downs and not feeling how you should feel or feeling way too much how you should feel. Yeah. And serotonin is the one, um, it's the neurotransmitter chemical that helps regulate mood. And it's also connected to your social behavior, your digestion, which I didn't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've had stomach problems forever. And I wonder if that is associated to it. Who knows? Um, Mm -hmm. Sleep. So some of us who have really low serotonin levels don't sleep well, or we sleep way, way, way too much. (laughs) So memory, which I also didn't know until I started learning about depression. I have a terrible memory. Most mm-hmm. of my friends with depression have a terrible memory. And I think uh, as we're learning more every year um, with, you know, about depression, um, we will hopefully find out why that is the, <laughs> the case. But part of it is because of the serotonin um, and, of course, sex. Yes. And meanwhile, dopamine, uh, as anybody who has ever played a mobile game that gives you a <laughs> instant satisfactional reward kind of thing uh it is the kind of pleasure reward chemical uh and the one most associated with things like addiction yeah that gets blamed a lot like oh their dopamine is you know it's it's off the charts or whatever the only thing they get is dopamine from drugs and they don't get it from anything else um mm-hmm. and that's always frustrating because we're still learning about addiction as well yes exactly But, um, yeah, so the serotonin and dopamine levels are definitely going to be one of the things that affects your libido a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Irritability and fatigue Mm -hmm. is a big one uh, because when you are irritable, obviously, you're typically not going to be in the mood to to do the fun times. Or if you're tired, you're definitely not in the mood for it. Yeah, and that's something that I don't think I realized in my relationships – I th- I projected a lot and I think I assumed that the reason I was feeling upset or the reason I was feeling disconnected and uninterested was because of my partner. And mm. um and I think maybe sometimes it was, but I think a lot of it was because I was just irritable because I had depression and I was extremely depressed and I didn't know I was depressed. And I was somebody who thought I had a very healthy and sometimes uh, too much of an appetite for physical intimacy. And um, and I think when that would go away completely, it really threw me off and it was confusing and kind of scary when you just mm-hmm. can't in like not interested. Yeah. And it also kind of makes you feel in some ways like it almost 
like there's an invalidation going on to your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, you, exactly. Because that's it's such an important part. It's a healthy part of a yeah. relationship. No, what whatever the, your sexuality is, there is there is a certain degree of intimacy that is you know you're hoping for or at least expected to have. Usually, unless you're usually, yeah, spectrum. yeah, yeah, exactly. And even with you know asexuality, it, it can also be a thing of you may not. It, we can have a whole episode on like the sexual spectrum, honestly, but uh, in my experience of me knowing several asexuals there, they still want to make be their intimate. partner feel good. Yeah. yeah. They want to be intimate with their partner. And if their partner is kind of, if that's what they want, then it may not give them the pleasure that they are looking for, but they still want to at least enjoy the time they spend with their partner. Yeah. And I think when that compass of, you know, attraction and wanting to have that physical connection is gone, it can really throw you for a loop mm-hmm. and it sucks and, and it's embarrassing. And I know I've, I've felt guilt over it, you know, especially mm-hmm. if my partner, it's been like weeks now. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and that's why it's so important to understand what's going on with you and your relationship and being aware, like, is it a problem with the relationship or is it a problem with your chemicals or where you are in life? Another thing, you know, is trouble with weight and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And that comes with um, a lot of depression. I've gained, I've fluctuated weight. I've lost a lot, a lot, a lot, too much weight. I've gained way mm-hmm. too much weight. Um, and I know that my self-worth and self-esteem was thrown off from that. And so like, I felt you know, they don't want to take my clothes off in front of them, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that no, of course kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the big things also was at least like two or honestly, all three of these things affected me in one of my last relationships where it was just, I just, I felt bad about myself. I was irritable. I had, I was tired a lot because I was working my ass off. Um, and my brain chemistry was all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. So I had the I had the trifecta, and as a result, the last like four six months of the relationship was sexless. Isn't it fascinating that all of these chemicals affect your life so much and how you interact with people? And we we just are just now starting to understand it, mm-hmm. like that that blows my mind. And I feel, and I could be wrong on this. Maybe this is my unhealthy brain speaking, but I feel like a lot of people with depression are almost blamed for being depressed. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of negativity around like, oh, you have depression, <laughs> but you have so much to be thankful for. Oh, wow. you have depression. Like what's wrong with your life? I have way worse of a life going on. I'm happy. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yes. And that kind of leads us to an interesting aspect of, of this, uh, guilt and whatnot is there's uh there are some some myths surrounding like what can cause depression and since we're going to discuss sexuality of course uh there is uh masturbation there is a lot of myths surrounding masturbation which is uh a perfectly healthy normal thing to do and it needs to be it needs to be seen as such but unfortunately in 
the history of the world and various societies around the world, uh, masturbation has been seen as sinful or something you should feel ashamed of or something that, you know, will give you anxiety. And yeah, not the case. And that happens. I know that happens as well with people who grew up in really religious households and might have chosen a different path for themselves. But then they try to be intimate with a partner outside of marriage and they just aren't able to enjoy it. And that can lead to a lot of problems with how you feel about yourself and what you, you know, how you view yourself. I, (laughs) I was raised in a religious household Mm -hmm. and I know of some people in the community that I grew up with um, who did get married, loved their partner very much and were not able to achieve orgasm at all with their partner because there was so much anxiety and Mm -hmm. so much pressure. And I mean, an unbelievable amount from the community and their church and their family and their friends to like, you know, be virginal for so long that suddenly you're supposed to be sexy and have a sexual Mm -hmm. relationship. That's really difficult to transition into. (laughs) It's almost impossible. I mean, it's like, that's a lifetime of, you know, so, and I know that some people hold on to that guilt forever and the shame. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there, there's so many interesting factors that that are associated with sex and your health, your sexual health, which is a real mm. thing. Yes, it's a very real thing. I mean, if anything, um, to just kind of say the benefits of masturbation in and of itself is, I mean, first you'll feel greater sexual desire, you'll get the feelings of pleasure and satisfaction that you could get from sexual intercourse with another. Improved mood, obviously, and relaxation, mm-hmm. uh, relieving stress and anxiety. Yeah. Very, very true there. Uh, releasing sexual tension. Yeah, that seems apparent. Uh, better sleep. And I feel most importantly, uh, a greater understanding of your body yeah. and a better connection to your sexual preferences. I know a lot of women struggle with that. I know that it's not really you know, masturbation as a woman or, and by the way, if you are, um, we are coming from, I am female identifying. I was born as a female and Chris identifies, I believe as a man. And, um, so we don't have experience as being a transgendered person, um, or somebody who's on the spectrum of that. So that's another topic. And we would probably have to bring somebody else in on that. So yes, that's where we're coming from, by the way. Yes, of course. Uh, but all the same, it is important, whatever, wherever you fall on the gender spectrum, that you have this understanding of your body and you are able to love your body, yes. however however it may be. Oh, I lost my train of thought when I jumped into the. But yeah, as no. women, I know a lot of girls have a hard time um, because there's a pressure to please your partner. Mm-hmm. And porn has put uh, sex into a kind of an odd perspective. Um, and while it can be enjoyable and fun, like fast food is, it is not actual um, reality of what you should uh, expect from it. And so girls at a very young age are thinking, oh, I have to be this certain way. And they lose touch with what their body actually needs and actually wants. Mm-hmm. And um, it can take a long time to undo that and um, really understand. I mean, I mean, this is very personal, but this is our personal mm-hmm. podcast. I don't think I learned how to um, 
do any of that to myself until I was in my twenties because I yep. was just so disconnected from myself, um, which made me rely on my partners. So I'd like hopscotch from partner to partner and I'm like, like help me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and see, I learned at a particularly younger age and mm. it was I think it's you know, easier from guys I could be wrong on this but I think it's just easier yeah, for men <laughs> yeah I would, agree, I would agree with that 100 yeah. I have the I have the distinct advantage of genitals that protrude so <laughs> as a result you you kind of have to get to know yourself a little bit easier yeah. so so, all of that yeah. said, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, all of that said, uh, masturbation, good. Uh, but one of the things that can also affect is, as we mentioned, serotonin dopamine levels, which are affected by medications. Now, certain antidepressants, usually SSRIs, have a um, distinct uh, reputation for being associated with declining sex drives medications like Prozac, Zoloft, Celexa, Paxil, Lexapro. And I mean, just how frustrating is that, right? Because you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to have a healthy mental state and you you just can't. I mean, it's not just your sex drive is gone. It's also once you are having sex with your partner, you can't reach orgasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how frustrating <laughs> yeah i've been there i've i was on selexa and i, I just on, couldn't i just couldn't I, yeah no i was on lexapro and yeah. it uh completely trashed my sexual drive and that was yeah. something that i was very not used to and you know what though it's over time and it's this weird thing that happens where it's like not right away so you get kind of used to having just like a little bit less intimacy or maybe it's been like a stressful week and then time goes on and suddenly you look at your relationship after four months of being on your medication six months a year even and you're like wow i'm just wow i'm like a completely different person (laughs) Um, not always in the best way, but like physically, you know, and it, so it creeps up on you. I think if it was like a rapid change, if you're like day one, I want to have sex. Day two, I want nothing. I think you would be able to tell as much. So it can kind of creep up. Have you noticed that a lot of antidepressants say it can lead to depression? That is one of the side effects yes. of some antidepressants. <laughs> so. I have I have noticed that. And in fact, uh, the Wellbutrin that I've been on, which uh, – Side note, uh, certain antidepressants such as Wellbutrin and Remeron uh, are less likely to cause sexual problems. Uh, And in fact, Wellbutrin, which affects both uh, norepinephrine and dopamine, can sometimes improve sexual response. However, this is this is I just had my meeting with my psychiatrist yesterday. Ah. We are taking down my dosage again. Good. Because the uh, well, (laughs) the the dosage that I was in uh, the 300 made my anxiety spike, and it also uh, has done nothing for my darker thoughts. So it is something that I'm going to have to potentially combat in a different way. But we are going to handle that uh, at the beginning of the new year. So (laughs) we will see where that leads. But. Yeah, right. Um, So for just to like, I know we've talked about dopamine a little bit, mm -hmm. but just how important it is. Imagine you're eating delicious food 
And you're just so enjoying the flavors of it and the experience of it and all these happy feelings and chemicals in your tummy. And, you know, you're just like, you just feel that kind of, oh, this is great. This is cozy and wonderful. That feeling is, if you're depressed, is gone. You will not enjoy food as much. So that is kind of a direct relation to like sex. It's the same situation. You can try, but no matter how hard you try, you won't super enjoy it, which is very frustrating because one of the things about sex as we've looked into is, you know, it's really great for relaxing you, supposed to, if you're functioning normally. Yes, absolutely. But on that happy note, we did look up some ways to boost your dopamine. Yes. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Because I am absolutely all for getting medication if you need to. Um, absolutely, absolutely do it find ways to make your life um, a safe, happy one. You know what I mean? Um, yes. But if you don't want to go the normal route and you're trying to go up the hill like I am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so some of the ways uh, to boost your dopamine levels are eating protein, a lot of it, because dopamine is produced from the amino acids um, that are in proteins and they can come from protein rich food. So it just helps give your, if you think of your body as a little chemistry set, throwing in some extra protein in there can really help. Now we didn't look to see if the protein that is specifically mentioned and the amino acids are in all forms of protein. Uh, so I, but I will say, you know, if you are vegetarian, vegan and whatnot, there are plenty of ways to get your proteins and the amino acids. And I am sure you oh, will yeah, know velvet, <laughs> like velvet beans is one of them. Yes. Um, that was one of the ones that were mentioned in this particular article. So it doesn't have to be meat. It's just protein rich. That's so a lot of like seed. Yeah. And beans mm-hmm. and so forth too. I do love me some beans. <laughs> um, eating, speaking of eating less saturated fat. Uh, this may disrupt dopamine signaling in the brain when consumed in large quantities. This, there's this, like it's a little bit of a softer science, but yeah, there's been a lot of research into this, which, is which makes of, sense. Yeah, I guess so. It's I mean, so- to a degree. I mean, good, good, healthy fats when absorbed into the body, uh, you know, things that you get from like coconut oil and uh, olive oil and whatnot. They're uh, they're just better for you than if you are just hawking down butter, <laughs> which is su- just sweet, married. It's, it's a lot of saturated fat. You know, it's really funny. My boyfriend and I moved in together and um, he's notorious for eating like absolute shit. I mean, he just is <laughs> terrible at eating. Like he would send me pictures of his quote unquote breakfast and it would be like a lucky term cereal bar and um, like uh, chocolate, no, not even chocolate. It would be the, the strawberry Nest Quick milk, <laughs> like, and he's going in for a full day at the office. <laughs> like, who are you? So, um, it's been interesting for me living together because there's mornings where I we get up and we make breakfast, and there's mornings where we just don't feel like it. And the mornings where we eat eggs and have like some vegetables or fruit. I find that I crash far less often and my fuzzy brain is less apparent than when we have like a muffin from Mm -hmm. the gas station and some um, coffee right away in the morning. Also hydrate. Oh, yeah. 
hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. We we got some bottles that let you know like what time you're supposed to be drinking how much and it's on the bottle so it's like time and next to it is the amount of water that you oh should be God. drinking so it's great and it's cool, actually. it is great because i'm lazy and i don't want to have to be like how much water is can this water bottle hold um <laughs> so anyway yes and other natural ways to boost yourself so you can have happy sex is uh probiotics that's there's this really interesting huge movement um, of research and um, studies happening right now with gut health. And I know yes. some of you have probably heard like your gut is your second brain and a happy, healthy gut is a happy body. So I don't know enough about it to really talk at length about it. I just know that having a balanced, well um, working digestive system can make a load of difference because it'll help make sure that you are getting the, the nutrients you need from your foods and um, keep your body regulated. Yes, and foods that are kind of rich with probiotics, a lot of them, you kind of have to be careful uh, what you find because you could find some stuff like they're, like one of the big popular things right now is kombucha. And kombucha <laughs> is, you know, it's pretty tasty. You, know, you get yourself a little booch, a little booch break. It's just gross. fermented tea. You're a gross person. <laughs> booch break? Who <laughs> yeah, says yeah. that? <laughs> So anyway, you get yourself a booch break. <laughs> but like you have to be careful because some of the kombuchas that are out there are just as, as much alcohol. sugar. I mean, they're alcohol, one. And two, they're just sugar. They're sugar with alcoholic tea yeah. in it. And you so it's the same with the yogurts. It. You got to be careful with mm -hmm. the yogurts. Yeah. Yes. Yogurts also full of probiotics. Kefir. Uh, that's a good kind of probiotic. There's, there's a lot out there you guys can find and it's, it's just And the being... probiotic for your digestive system is different than the probiotic that ladies need for their yes. bits. Yes. So look into it. We can't give you all the answers. Google it yourself. <laughs> um. <laughs> we, we promise though that if you, if you Google the right sources, Yes. Uh, yes, that that is going to be the big one is make sure your sources are not uh, trying to sell you the stuff. Yeah. And I think um, the, the big key for a lot of this stuff is doing reg it regularly. Like I know I go through these kicks of like, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to be hydrated and eat protein in the morning. And then like, I'm great for a week. And I'm like, I'm fixed and I'm cured. <laughs> so yeah. probiotics. Yes. Exercise. Yes, oh my we God. talked about that a lot, but it has yeah, to be regular. We, yeah, it has to be regular. Uh, getting enough sleep, obviously, if you're if you're affected by fatigue and irritability. You know what causes irritability and fatigue? Not sleeping. <laughs> especially, especially me. And we have an awesome episode. I was very proud of it myself. On um, proper sleep and bedtime management and mm -hmm. what did we call it i think it was just called hygiene sleep, sleep hygiene something like that sleep hygiene yeah, but yeah because the science behind it was fascinating i had no idea how um how much it affects you because we we're all like oh, oh no if you're sleepy of course you're gonna be irritable but you don't you don't realize oh no you, you don't really know but yeah so sleeps get him i spent the entirety of my 20s basically saying sleep Ah, who needs that? Yeah, now and, look at you. Uh, yeah, now look at me. <laughs> I'm a disgrace. <laughs> You're um, wonderful and everyone loves you. <laughs> oh, God. 
But yeah, the other one that I was, so of course there's the sunlight, you know, getting enough sunlight because all of us are, well, I would say 85% of us are in offices mm-hmm. all day and you miss your sunshine slot and you got to get it. You got to get the, uh, that vitamin D. You got to get that D. Meditation, of course. But the fun one was. Uh, listening to music. Makes sense, right? Yeah. There's it's 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 still in research, but listening to music, especially music you enjoy that you enjoy singing along to, particularly mm-hmm. if it has lyrics, that was one mm-hmm. of the things. Um, it can increase your dopamine. Like, how fun is it to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I have depression. I'm gonna make myself happy. I'm going to eat yummy food, and I'm going to exercise, and I'm gonna listen to music. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I know it's exhausting. Depression sucks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the reality of the situation. I know. It's like it's one thing to be positive, but the reality is if you can do just a one or two of these things, it'll change your life. Yeah. Or at least it'll start you know? to change your life. Like yeah. we're, I, I just got in the mail a a journal for tracking my gratitude mindfulness. I got it from Kurzgesagt, which is in a nutshell, it's a YouTube channel. They just released a video, part of their series on uh, positive psychology, which was amazing. And the link will be in the show notes. So I'm going to be doing that. We are not that. sponsored. No, we are not sponsored. But <laughs> by my anybody god, but you guys. <laughs> but my god, I wish we were sponsored by Kurzgesagt. Uh, <laughs> also, they're, they're, the journal we found out tonight is already sold out. So sad news. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this is something I've noticed with gratitude is my partner is really good at noticing things that he's grateful for. So before we go to sleep and when we're driving to work together, we talk about what we're grateful for. And that's fucking great. They did a research study on people who practice gratitude and they noticed that even six months to a year later, their mood and their brain chemistry was different because what was happening was they were now looking for things to be thankful for just in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. Actively. I, I like that. Um, I think there was one thing that we should have probably talked a little bit more about on this episode um, that just kind of dawned on me. Um, but it's kind of something that we've talked about many times in the past in all of our relationship is, uh, episodes, uh. which is if uh, you are having sexual difficulties with a partner, the number one thing that could help you is communication. Yes. Whether it is you feeling unattractive, whether it is you starting to feel, uh, you know, your irritability flare up and whatnot. It is most important that whatever it is you are going through, through you communicate it to your partner. And I know it's uncomfortable and weird, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're with somebody and you're worried that they're not going to be able to handle the news that are going to put you down for it, then you need to take a look at your relationship because listen, kid, you got depression or anxiety um, and you need to be communicating constantly with your partner. I mean, you should be anyway when you're, you know, in a healthy balanced relationship, but especially if you have depression because you're trying to work through navigate this world that is not built on empathy and and sweetness <laughs> so you need to have somebody who has your back yep absolutely yeah. it's uh it's so important and i know we talk about it a lot uh but that op- that communication the ability to properly tell your partner 
you know, whatever is going on with you, if they, if you want that person involved in your life, they should probably be involved in your life. Yeah. They should, they should be, you should be able to talk to them about what's going on. If for no other reason, than they care about you and they would want to know. And we care about you too and your sexual health. So we hope that this episode helped you in some way think about it in a different light. Yes. As for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon, please. If you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. We appreciate you guys so much, and we can't believe we made it to episode 69. Nice, 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 nice. And as always, don't don't tell tell us, us, just get get over it. it.